We live in a fast-paced and hectic world where it's easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Recovery Road, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day on your road to recovery. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Greg Bird. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Master Your Life, the show of insight, intelligence, and inspiration, where we ask you each week to consider who is it you are right now and who is it you are most striving to be? What is it you're trying to create in your life? What would make you feel like you are really living the best life possible for you and you alone? I'm host Leah Mattinson, and this week, join live in person with Greg Bird, my wonderful co-host for Divine Wellbeing and Divine Personal Finances. Welcome to my home studio, Greg. Yes, thank you, Leah. <laughs> so exciting to have the first episode live on location at the studio. So happy to be here. Um, thrilled to have one of my great friends, Janice Baskin, here with today. So Janice, welcome to the stage. Hello, thank you so much for having me here today, guys. Yeah, we were excited to actually uh, connect with you because um, you're an athlete and you're a survivor of a lot of shenanigans of health in your life and and you've run, won a recent award. And so uh, I think that trifecta uh, is something that is in, inspirational to a lot of people at this time that are really faced with is what sometimes people feel like is insurmountable challenges. So, uh, Greg, maybe you could give a little bit more introduction of Janice. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So last week, yeah, not this past Saturday, but the other Saturday, there was the BNI Awards Gala. We did it all online. There was 222 people, I believe, <laughs> that were tuned in. And Janice was actually given the, the greatest honor, which is the Giver's Gain Award. Yeah. And so what is the Giver's Gain Award? Because everyone at BNI maybe knows what that is, but the rest of us innocents probably don't. <laughs> um, so... Giver's Gain is the core philosophy behind BNI, and it, it is basically the tenet that um, you know if you if you give selflessly to other people, you will then receive that in return. And um, really, what it it sometimes people feel like if I give to you, therefore you will give to me. Mm -hmm. And I like to think about it a little bit more like a big swirling pool of giving where um, I give to you and maybe you give to somebody and then they give to somebody and somewhere in that big cosmic chain of everything that's happening, it comes back to you. So it's in essence, you know, it works in that sense in BNI um, as a business philosophy, but it's really something that people can take as a core philosophy into life. Love that. And I tell you, you give way more than I think uh, you always say you give back. But one thing you give uh, everyone in your network is the positive memes. And we start every show yes. with the meme oh. of the day. And I swear, Janice, you're in the top three. Every time we go scrolling and researching, okay, what? let's get through all the garbage here on social media. Yes. And I had a great one today because in Alberta, we have family day today. So it's a day off, not in the office. It's nice to be at home. Yes. <laughs> it says, happy family day. So care of Janice Baskin, it's got a picture of Jack Nicholson from The Shining. And it says, when your kids ask, what are you doing for family day? And you remind them it's been family day every day 
for the last 11 months. So you got like Jack Nicholson's here's Johnny. <laughs> oh my God. And what's so funny about that is actually, so my uh, son-in-law and daughter were here after Valentine's day, I had been babysitting the grandkids. And so he says to her, uh, she says, well, you know, you don't have to work tomorrow. Hey. And he says, well, why what's going on? She said, it's family day. He goes, like legitimately there's a, it's a legitimate family day it's like yes he goes oh well then i should probably not lock myself in the office and be doing my studies i should probably spend my time with the family but just like that we're all home officing and that is just priceless yeah. right well there is another yeah. one so oh, we always yeah. have a funny one so thank you janice for that yeah you won yeah. two out of two this week and i, I can't even make this up so then you had another one this is awesome you had the word hustle and then it has a big line through it saying eh and then you changed it to a line. And then it says, destroy the idea that you have to be constantly working or grinding in order to be successful. Embrace the concept that rest, recovery, and reflection are essential parts of the progress towards a successful, happy life. And it said, long weekend vibes. So positive vibes across the globe today from Janice Baskin. So thank you, Janice, yeah. for that. That was, yeah. uh, that hit the mark and it's gonna set the tone today because you've got quite a story. And I just want to dive a little bit deeper. I want to share that when you and I first met, I was applying or I was nominated, I guess, to become the president of my local BNI business networking chapter. And I had to get through you to actually get that <laughs> honor. So as nerve wracking as that was, I've never met you before. You've got this title as senior director consultant. I'm like, oh boy, what did I get myself into here? And I go for the interview and you're just one of those people, Janice, that you meet you for the first time and it's like, instant connection. And I felt that from you. And that meant something to me. And then you just went on to share a lot of your experiences when you were president of your local chapter here in Edmonton. And you were just like, I can't take credit for it all. I have to actually give it back on all the people that were a part of my chapter and you surrounded yourself with. And that comforted me because I just built my whole chapter business plan with that as the underpinning mm -hmm. and it worked. So <laughs> thank you, Janice, for that. And just to share with the audience uh, that that going back, that was almost two years ago now than we first yeah. met uh, before all this uh, COVID uh, hit the world and before we went into lockdown. So I hit my presidency right when we went on to Zoom online and couldn't meet in person anymore. So that yeah. added actually a lot of uh, extra challenges to that. So mm -hmm. Janice, your comments on that. Um, you know, I think the first thing is the whole thing about, I think that's what makes someone a leader is not to tell people what to do, but to show them the, the path. And then, uh, you know, by sharing stories and by sharing your own experience and then asking them to come along for the ride with you. So I think like a big part of when we were talking about being president of a BNI chapter is that, um, you know, there's that old saying diplomacy is is the art of telling somebody uh getting your own way or telling someone to get your own way but I, I really think it's about leading people down a path that they're not even aware that they they can take right like my favorite thing in the world is leading a group of people or watching a group of people do something they didn't even know was possible and so the fact that you and I sort of had that connection in that sense and then the the best part of what I get to do is watch you have that experience that I also got to have. And I've got goosebumps just thinking about it because how incredible is that to just, we shared a, you know, a, an hour where we chatted and then an experience, and then I get to watch you have that experience. And, and there's no better feeling than that. 
and that's that's giving again right that is the essence of giving and receiving something in return couple things i love that it's not fundamentally horse trading which i like that you you know definitely go this is not the here you give and i receive it's this bigger circular thing which is i think confused in modern day society um definitely and the other thing is that you're informed about the um why do you believe that people can actually do things that they don't think that they're capable of where does that come from because people do it every day they do it all the time and it's a this is kind of a, an, a weird analogy but i used to love watching the biggest loser and i know that there are some things about that show that maybe you know became questionable as time went on but the thing about that show was that you saw these people take on a challenge and do this thing that they thought was impossible and at the end, they had something new that they knew about themselves. And it was that they could do something incredible that, that was literally insurmountable in their lives up until that moment. And, you know, it's kitschy and it's, you know, network TV, but it sort of represents, um, I think, what a lot of us, we sell ourselves short and we don't give ourselves credit for the things that we are so capable of, especially when we, when we connect with other people. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And talk about digging deep. So you've shared a little bit of snippets of your story personally, of your, your journey, your perseverance, and you're just someone that can really you know, had a lot of value just from the emotions that you've been through. I, I don't know how much you want to share about uh, your past, but you've, you've overcome some huge things medically in your life as well. Like let's rewind mm -hmm. the clock a little bit. And if you want share with the audience, tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So uh, when I was 34, I was diagnosed with stage three colorectal cancer. Um, I had a large tumor basically pressing um, on, you know, on the lower section of my colon pressing on my spine. And um, it was uh, a really, it was a really difficult year. So the whole treatment process from beginning to end was a year I had um, eight weeks of uh, radiation therapy, it was five days a week for eight weeks. Um, plus, then I had a bowel resection, which was, you know, a week in the hospital. Um, I had a ostomy bag for eight, eight months, um, and went through eight months of chemotherapy while I had that ostomy device, and then uh, had another surgery to reverse the ostomy and kind of hook everything back up together again. Mm -hmm. um, and as much as I would love to say that I spent that year, you know, reflecting on all the the things that I was overcoming and living with a positive attitude and trying to inspire others. Um, that was not the case. Right. <laughs> I, I really struggled that year. Um, I, it took a lot of, it took a lot out of me. Uh, and I spent a lot of time feeling sorry for myself, a lot of time um, shielding myself from other people. I didn't want to see other people. Um, and I think like, on that coming on the outside of that, I realized, you know, that I could get through that, but I didn't ever want to live like that ever again. I never wanted to feel that way again. I didn't want to feel like I couldn't do something or that I like was going to die or that, you know, just living in fear of constantly not knowing what was going to happen. And so for me, it meant taking steps 
to, I mean, obviously we cannot control everything, although I try. Um, <laughs> it meant taking steps to, you know, take control of the things that I could mm-hmm. and do the things that I had always said I was going to do, but never had the courage to do. And that sort of has, so um, that was five years ago that I finished treatment. And that is sort of dictated now the last five almost six years of my life is that I'm like, I don't want to feel that way ever again. I want to say that every day I did everything I could to, you know, just live life to the fullest. It's cliche, but cliche exists for a reason. Right. Yeah. And so the challenge was that you were uh, going through this very challenging health crisis and you were isolating yourself. And what the outcome is, is that you've come out of that and the community has become more important than ever. Is that sort of the takeaway, the isolation didn't serve you very well, necessarily. Yeah. And yeah. people wouldn't allow me like, I mean, I have incredible people in my life. And I actually like people I didn't even know, like people I had never met, right. who just heard my story, drop food off at my front door. Like it, people are incredible. People that I hadn't spoken to in years. Um, I'll never forget this one day I was actually I was sitting on the couch and I was just, you know, beside myself feeling sorry for myself and my phone rang and I wasn't going to answer it, but I thought, well, and I answered it. It was a woman who was my boss like three or four years beforehand. Mm -hmm. And she said, Hey, I was just thinking about you today. So I thought I would call. And that one little moment where she made that decision to call me changed that day. And she had no idea. She had no idea it would do that for me. Um, So just little things like that you really begin to see the tremendous um, wonderfulness of the world that the people are incredible. If you let them in. Mm-hmm. Love that you said that Janice. One thing I think you've exemplified for me as an example to me, my chapter, a lot of the community that you're a part of, <clears throat> excuse me, is that that community is so important. Building relationships being another underpinning our core value if you want to speak on that just you know it's about building and building and building from there and look at where you've come it's just phenomenal Mm -hmm. to see yeah building relationships now I've got the frog building relationships is important um you know and sometimes we pay that lip service but I think what people you know (laughs) because we live in this world that's fueled by social media. And so we feel like we're building relationships with people when we're maybe double clicking on a post or we're commenting and all of that is, you know, maybe it's important and we learn the surface level things, but I think it's so much more important to really dial in and you can't do this with everybody, but with a few select group of people that, you know, share the thoughts and values that you have so that, you can, you know, you can work together to do things. And, and maybe that's just, you know, that phone call that helps you get out of bed that morning when you need it um, up to, you know, things like building a, a business together or building a, a core group of people that, that help each other's businesses. You know, like you, Greg, you've done that with some people where you've taken two or three people and put your minds together and just make things happen. Um, and so I, yeah, like it's like, <laughs> isn't what can happen. <laughs> yeah, this picture, Whoa, just kidding. <laughs> but you know, like it, and it, 
think about this year. Like I can't imagine where I'd be today, right now, if I hadn't spent the three or four years after my cancer diagnosis really deciding to build relationships with people. Mm-hmm. I might still be sitting in my house alone. I mean, I'm not alone. I have a family. I have husband and children, but without that greater community, I don't, I don't know where I would be if I hadn't taken those few years to do that. And it's been great for business and it's been good. It's been incredible for my mental well-being. And um, I think, you know, it's about building that foundation of something so that when the difficult times come, you're supported by that foundation. And so what encouraged you to be able to reach out to the first, like you had the lady who reached out, the kindness of strangers is such an, a, you know, a gift. And because sometimes you can't be a prophet in your own village. We've talked about that lots on the show. It's just like, you know, if people don't understand what you're talking about or what you're experiencing that are right in your own home for a variety of reasons. Um, but so what was sort of the first, I, what I'm picturing is that anyone who's listening that might be sitting in the same boat, who's got either, you know, something that's a pretty significant barrier in their life, and they're feeling discouraged about it, down about it, that they can't talk to anybody about it, uh, because it's our secrecy that actually keeps us trapped. It's the secrecy that keeps us in problems. It's when we share what's going on that actually helps. But one of the things I know that has happened in um, cancer groups, and in many other groups that are supposedly fighting against the whatever it is the enemy that that ends up being the thing that people think connects and it ends up that you are in a group of people that are dealing with illness so it can also not be very enlivening you know so uh, you know that all you're talking about then is the disease or all you're talking about is how you're going to you know beat it and the next 15 meetings are all about that uh was there you know was there a for you, a a difference in going out to those kind of support meetings and finding people who were healthy? Like, what was your strategy? Or did you have a strategy? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, And I haven't thought about this for five years. But so um, I was part of a, a, uh, a medical study when I was in cancer treatment. And it was so they know now, with scientific evidence, that's breast cancer, for example, is can be prevented with exercise. And actually, the treatment of breast cancer is, um, is enhanced when someone has an exercise routine, while they're going through treatment, something that they can maintain. Um, So they were they're now trying to duplicate that across other types of cancer treatment, because not every treatment for cancer is the same. And so I participated in an exercise study for colorectal cancer and everyone else in that study was male and 70 plus in (laughs) age. Right. So every morning while I was in radiation treatment, so for eight weeks, five days a week, I would go down to the cross cancer center and I would, (laughs) I would work out with a group of 70, 75 year old men. Like, there's Yes. (laughs) And when I say work out, like, I mean, some days I, all I could do was walk on a treadmill and that's all my body would let me do. But we would get on our treadmills and we walk and, you know, we talk politics and talk these darn kids and, and all those things that, um, but it was so interesting to me because I, I was sitting there feeling like I didn't have a community. Because, um, you know, breast cancer, pink ribbons are everywhere you go. 
And one, when you're diagnosed, with, and this is probably um, reductionary, <laughs> but when it, it felt like to me, when you are diagnosed with breast cancer, you're all of a sudden part of this exclusive club, mm-hmm. right? That is so much support throughout the entire world. Um, I have rectal cancer. Where's my club? It's kind of how I felt. Right. And then when I started going to these uh, exercise groups, with these men, I was like, this is kind of strange and weird, but this is my club. And we didn't talk about the disease at all, right. like not even a little bit. Um, but it was just that one thing that I did every day that I knew I had to get out of bed for and, and that I had a group of supportive people that were there for me. It was neat. I just, I just, I'm trying to picture like the 70 year old men that were part of that club and just how you lit the room up just to see you and you getting back to you and that energy and just what you brought. Did you ever think of it from that perspective? Oh, you know, I would, again, I would love to say yes, that I went in there and was, you know, all sunshine and rainbow, but I don't think I was, I think they really, I think those men were, were pulling me along. I'm not kidding. Like, I think they were like, okay, come on, like, get going. They must've been the, uh, it's like, we had an episode called be the man, be the man, <laughs> be the man. <laughs> Cause there's so many, you know, it's just men who aren't. So look, you found a whole group of people. Chivalrous men. That's right. <laughs> that learned how to do that somehow. That's fantastic. Love that. So, I, love yeah. That. so yeah. I gotta ask, so where did that whole Boston marathon thing come in? Like yeah. tell us in your timeline, like that is quite an accomplishment and to work up towards that. I know that's not an easy feat. So mm-hmm. please share with uh, the viewers who are curious to know. Yeah. So um, once I was finished cancer treatment and all my surgeries were sort of um, finished and, and I had a, a clear CAT scan or a CT scan. Um, I just decided, I said to my husband, I want to, I want to run the Boston Marathon. And he was like, okay, what is is that? What does that take? Um, So to run the Boston Marathon, you can't just sign up and run. Um, You have to qualify. So I chose a qualifying race. And by qualifying, uh, it means that you are given a set time that you must complete a a qualifying marathon. So only a few, well, there's lots, but... um, you have to choose a marathon that is dedicated as a Boston qualifier and you must run it in a time that is designated for your age and gender. So for myself, I was 35 at the time. So I needed to uh, run a marathon in three hours and 40 minutes in order to qualify. And so I ran a marathon in Holbrook, Arizona, which there's a whole nother story there. It's a really strange town um the movie cars is based on this town that's all i'm gonna say it's (laughs) it's wild um and it's uh, it's set in a petrified forest so Mm. you run essentially it's through the desert and there are petrified trees everywhere but um it was unseasonably hot and uh i i didn't i didn't do it in the three hours and 40 minutes let's just put it that way so I had to pick another race. Um, so a year later, I ran the Phoenix Marathon, the Rock and Roll Marathon. And uh, that one, I I ran it in, I believe it was 3.32, three hours and 32 oh minutes. Um, so that got me into the Boston Marathon. And so I, I, I think I, I don't know if that's usual. I think I was lucky to get in after only two 
two races. Um, and then, uh, so in 2019, uh, my husband and my parents and a couple of our friends, we went down to Boston and I uh, got to run the Boston Marathon, which is, That's very cool. I don't know, like if you're not a runner, you might not understand it, but it's for a, you know, a average athlete, it's like you get to be a rock star for a day. It's just incredible. Yeah. Uh, what is it? 30, I think there was 33,000 people who ran it that year, which, so (laughs) you're, you're literally running shoulder to shoulder with people. Um, but there are millions of people lining the streets, like 2 million people line the streets of Boston and there are bands playing and people screaming and yelling. And I mean, people handing out beer and vodka, if you really wanted to (laughs) while you're running, um, (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, and you run past, I don't remember how many, but you run past, you know, uh, five or six major universities. It's a college town. So all it's party, party central. People are out partying all day. Um, and it's, it's a really, really cool experience to have. And I still, I don't think I'll ever, I said this to you the other day. I don't think I'll ever experience something like that again. Um, you said that maybe I will, but it just, it's, it's humbling and incredible and amazing. And it's something that somehow everyone needs to have that feeling in their life. Yeah. That's so awesome. What a great story. And anyone who doesn't know what the Boston marathon is should just do a little Google search about it and get some education because it's been just uh, around for a very long time. But the other thing that's interesting is you did it in 2019 and that was the last time they probably will have it for who knows how long, given the shenanigan fest that's going on, who knows, right? <laughs> you gonna run yes. Distances between every, all the runners, no one can spit on each other. You'll have to have a bathe in vodka before you go. So you're not carrying any germs. This is like vodka baths to sterilize. They have, so they didn't yeah. run it last year. They have rescheduled. So usually it's in April, but they've rescheduled it for, I think it's September of this year, but we'll see. Yeah, well, I don't know. Wait and see. But so to the whole thing that everyone thinks that things last forever, you know, that you're going to have your health forever, that you're going to have the ability to go and do these fun things, that you're going to be, you know, just delaying the things that should bring you joy every day because you think that you should be doing that because you haven't, don't deserve it or something. This, you know, the fiction of not deserving things in your life, of the good the good things, the juice of life. And speaking of that, you're so, um, one of the things that I was really impressed with is your social media presence. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really watch much social media, but Greg intro- introduced me to your TikTok thing. <laughs> and I just went, oh my, I don't even know. I don't even have TikTok on my phone, <laughs> just so everyone knows. It's like, I don't even have TikTok. But honestly, if you're going to watch TikTok, you should probably try and find Janice. Janice and Chris. That's the it. Janice and Chris show is just phenomenal. But again, it goes back to that keeping a positive attitude through a crazy time. Like, right. oh my God, we've had the most challenging year of 2020 in our whole entire lives. And then just seeing you guys as leaders, because it, it just it exemplifies who you guys are and just bringing it. Usually every day, you guys got something different that you guys are doing and just... It's just so cool to see you build the brand of you and you guys and who you are, not only as people, but as business owners in the community. I think it's phenomenal. Janice, whatever inspired you to, to do that? You know, um, so my husband and I own a company called Camelot Interiors, and we sell custom window coverings. It's, it's not rocket science. Um, it's not even really all that glamorous. 
Um, but it's him and I, and it's something that uh, we decided a long time ago. And when I talked, you talked earlier about the post I did it about Align. Mm-hmm. Um, part of our decision to become business owners together was because we wanted that we wanted to spend more time together as a couple. We just found like we were ships passing in the night, right? And so we had this conversation about like, mm-hmm. this is not the life that we see for ourselves. How do we make this? you know, what we want and we want to be, be together more. And so that's, he had already owned the company. So I came to work with him. Um, and then I actually had a, have a friend who is a social media manager. That's what she does for a living. And I sat down to talk with her about a strategy for our company. And my intent was actually to hire her. And she said, I'm not, I'm not going to let you hire me. She said, you and Chris are a little bit weird. You're a little bit quirky. <laughs> She's like, people want to know you. People want to see that side of you. She's like, if I do your social media, it's not going to be your voice. It's just going to be pictures of product, which, you know, which is great. Nice product is nice. She's like, but people will love to get to know you. She's like, so just don't, who cares? Who cares what anybody thinks? Have fun, be yourselves. People will love that. And so that's over the last couple of years, that's just been my strategy. I'm like, who cares what people think? Like it's social media. Like, let's just have a good time. Let's put some positive vibes out there. And again, if we get some business out of it, fantastic. But really it's about us just being silly and having a good time. It is honestly just, it's brilliant. And it's so damn funny. It's just so yeah, yeah. funny. I laughed, I laughed, I laughed, I laughed. And it's good humor, right? It's not, uh, it's nothing... It, it's just really good humor and lighthearted, very, very funny. Oh my gosh, so good. Yeah. And, you know, like there's an old rule in marketing not to go negative. And yeah. it's, it's not that difficult of a rule to follow. But I think like right now, like you said, you scroll and it's just, oh, yeah. like, oh my gosh. Like, let's just put a little good into the world and let's go gamble because right. there's something about a casino. That's right. Oh, oh, but right. And you slid this thing in that I want to just highlight because one of my passions is um, definitely this whole human trafficking and um, Mm. definitely like protecting children. When I was in uh, my, uh, we were talking prior to getting on the show, I lived in Provost for about eight and a half years and you, you know, you know, some people from that area or whatever, but my job actually there was the counselor for the school division. And there was lots of sexual abuse cases that came out at that time. And so it's been a passion on my heart for three decades because it's been a long time right since I did was in that job but uh like all the the stuff uh, thankfully that finally there's some you know movement where people are understanding that it's a real thing but you slipped in this really ingenious um thing can you maybe talk about it a little bit more the snow thing where you guys jumped in the yeah it's like (laughs) what so I won't take credit for that but um so it was we got tagged in a challenge it was called the ice ice dip challenge and we got tagged in it by a company out of calgary that does uh social media um and the the original challenge was actually to fill a bathtub full of water and ice and then sit in it for 11 minutes but my husband or 11 seconds sorry (laughs) 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 and so it's it's one of those, you know, like polar ice dip challenges where you're yes. sort of doing something to draw awareness for a cause. Um, my husband is six foot seven 
And so he doesn't even fit in our bathtub by himself, let alone with me. (laughs) So we did our own little spin on it where we went out and we put on our bathing suits and we jumped into a snowbank and we laid in the snowbank for 11 seconds uh, in, in honor of that ice dip challenge. Yes, but you said something at the beginning of it about the anti-human trafficking or a shout out for human trafficking. Yeah, it was like putting a putting a freeze on human trafficking or something like that. I think it was, Um, which I oh, it's called the Calgary Icebreaker is the name of the challenge. So if you look it up on Instagram and Facebook, the whole challenge is there and um, the work that they do to, you know, draw awareness to and then help to prevent human trafficking. Love it. Love it. Yeah, good yeah. cause. Good cause. Now you bring up the word challenge. I just, I have to ask. So there's probably a lot of listeners here over the last year, maybe husband wives that have actually owned a business or started a business together because maybe someone lost their job here in this last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe share with the viewers, like what kind of challenges did you guys face up and down? Like it's, it's nice to see you guys really hit the ground running and stay positive, but there's got to be some of those moments where it's just like, Oh, you gotta like be like, choking each other out was there any moments like that and what what do you do to to kind of really overcome that and really get back to that moment and the the humor and everything that you guys are the biggest challenge well two biggest challenges we had number one I was not a born and bred entrepreneur Um, my parents were teachers I was taught that you go to university you get your vocation and that is what you do for the next however long you have on the planet Um, you know, my one brother's an engineer, my other brother's a lawyer, and that is what they will do. And I, I didn't, um, so I was, you know, seeking out my, my place in the world, and I had always worked for somebody else. So when I came to own the company with Chris, um, it was a huge thing for me to understand that I no longer maybe had benefits that were 100% that somebody else was paying for. (laughs) Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a paycheck that was every month, you will get this on the 15th and this on the 30th. And that's the way it will be until you get a raise or, you know. Um, And so it was a big challenge for me to just learn to understand the ebbs and flows of being okay with uh, feast and famine, Mm -hmm. you know, of being a business owner and having your, your good months and your bad months. And now that it's been so it's been almost 10 years that we've worked together. I understand that cycle. And I trust the ebbs and flows of it. And I trust that what we're doing in the slower times do help to bring us what we need um, to get busier and to, and to, you know, keep the roof over our head and and be prosperous and live the life that we want to live. The other challenge just in terms of our marriage was that this was a company that Chris had owned already for um, what was it, you know, 10, 11 years at the time, 12 years. And so I was coming into it with my own perspective and my ideas and the way that I like to do things. And so there was a little bit of that, like, well, no, we don't do it that way because this is the way I've always done it. <laughs> or the dovetailing. Um, <laughs> dovetailing. Well, and a big part of it was that I was like, I was hungry to learn and hungry to do and hungry to kind of, you know, jump in and, and, be a leader because that's I just love to to take control of things and he was comfortable with the way things were 
And so I think a lot of it was that push pull of challenge me, please give me something and him feeling like, just relax, you know, it's all good. (laughs) Um, And so really how we've overcome that is we just, we, we actually sit down now every Friday and we have an hour long meeting and we chat and we, how was the week and what do we need to do and how are you feeling and how can I help you? And it's really, I mean, marriage is about communication and when you work together, it's even more about communication. Yeah. Ongoing. Yeah. Ongoing. So what was, so has the company grown in that? Do you offer different things or how is it, how has the company grown and changed in the last 10 years since you've um, come into it and dovetailed in and maybe started putting your stamp on things. Has it changed much? It hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, I, because of the market, we've had some changes that we've had to make just to, to right. continue to operate. Yes. Um, but uh, in terms of our offerings, like we've picked up a couple of products. Um, I think, you know, for the most part, the biggest change has been um, marketing. So the company sort of existed behind the scenes of other companies for a very long time. And because of changes in the market and the home building industry here in Edmonton and in Alberta in general, um, you know, we've had to sort of shift into different markets. So a little bit more commercial work, a little bit more retail than we used to do. And that requires us to market ourselves more and that's where this whole like social media piece came in um that's where bni came in is finding ways to um, connect with people and develop relationships to keep the business um generating leads mm-hmm. and and you know basically keep things moving in terms of retail because i just i don't believe in things like littering neighborhoods with door knockers and flyers and um, I think that TV and radio ads are great, but they're very expensive when you're a small operation. So we just, we had to find a way to create our own niche in the market. And that social media piece is, is how we've decided to do it. And BNI plays a, a really big part in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Referral marketing, the social media, the branding, everything that you're doing, I think everyone can learn a lesson from you because again, it goes back to that whole thing of marketing is, is recall. <laughs> and, and, you know, we can watch one of your videos once. Oh yeah. That's that, that lady that's, woo she's drinking her coffee or they're jumping in the snow or just, yeah. it's just, it's brilliant what you do, Janice. And I'm just, I'm in awe of how you and Chris really work so effectively together, but also how in your network, you know, you've got so many people that follow you and that, that givers gain going back to that award. Why I believe you want it is that, you're just, you're always giving to build more of that bigger community, the business, not only in Edmonton, but across Alberta. And I think there's something to be said for that is that we need more of that community building, not just maybe locally, even within our, our city, but how can we bridge the businesses outward? And I've been called kind of in my heart this year to really collaborate, build community. How can we take that to the, the whole next level? So Leah, do you want to weigh in on on community. Yeah. And I think it's funny because we, we come from the same small town, right? So those of you who are listening, I'm from Viking, Alberta. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> yeah. Hi, mom. <laughs> and, but, but the funny part is, is that 
Um, when you grow up in a small town, everyone knows what everyone's doing or they think they do and what they don't know they make up, right? So it's just that, but, but that said, you, you know who you can do business with and you know who you should kind of maybe reconsider doing business with because whatever's going on for them. And the, what happens when you move into a cityscape is or the you know what is trying to be forced upon us right now is this division that's divide everyone's divided about everything and so the importance of actually uh community is that then once people get to know you that speed of trust helps you to do business and do more business and then do referral business and that's actually how everybody stays afloat and doing well but when you're living in um the kill grid, we'll call it, of the city, where it's like everyone's out for their own best interest. Nobody's, you know, taking care of their neighbor. Nobody's phoning and saying, how you doing? And can I bring you over something to eat? Because they don't even know what's going on in your home. The, the, uh, the idea, or not the idea, but the living example of community is more important now than ever. And we have these very real um, barriers to overcome because we've been told not to trust each other and that you're going to kill grandma if you go over for a visit. So there's this, how do you actually build community behind the screen or how do you unlock yourself from whatever the mischief is in your mind that's saying that it's actually normal to not spend time human to human. And then how do you then develop that community that is like-minded that gets together and that sticks together and has, you know, has each other's backs um, because you, again, you know who is your um, friends and who doesn't necessarily have your best interest. But it's very surprising during these times, um, a good opportunity for you to figure out who's who in the zoo, figure out who actually ethically, morally, et cetera, et cetera, has the same uh, fundamental basis of the way they operate in their life. And then those who should go the way of the dodo bird because they don't. Like they're just not, it's just not worth doing business with some people because they'll cause too much havoc in your life. And so the, again, it's like the, the importance of community of real people, knowing real people is this very important connection, I think right now. So it's like not one time meeting. It's looking at people through that seven generations lens again, which we talked about in our very first episode. And that when you look at that seven generations of people, you go, well, what was like, what was going on in your family and knowing what was going on, but, and that all of your planning is, how am I going to be, is this person going to be friends with me 75 years from now? Like, I thought, I think that is Greg going to be my friend 75 years from now. I'm going to look way better than him by then, but <laughs> just say <saying. laughs> But that's how you, you know, if you're looking at people like that, in that way, it's not this five minute sort of relationship where, uh, it's easy to uh, not take things seriously, not understand the impact that you have on each other's lives and just for things to be kind of frivolous. Uh, and, and so I don't know what, that's my kind of take on it. It's just the, the importance of these long-term relationships or looking at people like they're your friends or if they're not, don't invite them in, like have some parameters yeah. around yeah. Yeah. And, and two of the things that I learned this year, and well, one that I'm always learning, but the one was, um, it was a saying about if you, so if you're basically like a solopreneur or an entrepreneur in a small company, if when you go to consult your board of directors, you have to look in the mirror, you might have a problem. Mm -hmm. um, meaning that if you were the only person that you're running your ideas behind, you, right. you might want to look to find that community where you can, you know, have people who and this is the other piece of it, who might disagree with you. And that's okay. It is okay to have people that you trust that maybe don't share the same, um, you know, belief system as you, but 
you have a way where that relationship works, where you can debate that or understand each other in a healthy way. Because if we're always just, if everyone is just telling us what we want to hear, we don't grow. And, you know, if we're only accountable to ourselves, we also don't find opportunity for growth. And so I think that there's this sense that somehow our world needs to be where we all think the same thing. And it's like, well, how boring would that be? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's super important that we, that we not walk around with a, a group of yes people that we have people in our lives as well that will disagree with us mm-hmm. in a respectful way. I mean, there's a great way to do it. And then there's a not so great way to do it. And maybe those are the people that fly the way of the dodo bird, as you put it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you talked about seven g- generation planning, which yeah. takes into account our, our kids and our grandkids. So let's talk about them for a minute. Cause what about the children? Cause you guys, your kids are seeing you guys, you're setting this example. Like when do we get to see them now <laughs> infused in there or do they want to be part of mom and dad's business? Share with us a little bit about that and the example that you guys are setting for them. Um, my biggest thing with my kids is that they might not ever listen to the things I have to say, but they will all the, always see the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I can, um, uh, if I can set the example, so I, I work out every day. I do that for myself because I know that's what I need, but I also know that our, their little eyes are always watching us and my kids eyes aren't so little anymore, but um, they are always watching what we're doing and what we're saying. And so even though you might feel like they don't ever hear you, they are paying attention Um, my son who's 11, actually last week, he said to me, how do you always stay so positive when things don't go your way? Mm -hmm. And I said, "Uh, do I have, I don't, uh, do I have that skill? I don't know. He's like, it seems like you do to me. Right. Wow. Like how powerful is that to know that that's something that he's taking in, in his very short time Mm -hmm. on this planet. And so, um, in terms of how the kids will play into the business, I mean, sometimes my youngest son will get into our TikTok videos. The teenager would rather film than be involved. Right. <laughs> his, his shame level is a little bit higher. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we encourage, we're, we're encouraging our kids to pursue what it is that, that they will want to do with their lives. And whatever that looks like, we'll do our best to, to support them in that. Um, I am a big believer in education. So I I would like to see them go and get an education somewhere at some point. Um, But, you know, we're still a few years away from that and they don't seem to be interested in the blind business, but Hey, you never know. You never know. So what has changed for them in the last year? So 2019 was, you know, having a good time and 2020 was a little bit more cloistered. What was it? What's it been like for your kids? Yeah, so um, so I should say that we also have a, an adult child who is married and she has three kids of her own. Um, so uh, they own their own business. And for them, it's been an interesting year because their business actually uh, like took off like many, many fold. And um, they've sort of learned with their three small children to continue working their business together as a couple as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, navigating, I, I'm grateful, actually, that my kids are a little bit older, because they need a little less tending to um, these days. But uh, for the boys at home, so they're 15 and 11, you know, it's, 
being a teenager is hard, no matter what the circumstances. And then you take away that ability to gather. And I just think teenagers need that. They need to feel a sense of belonging. They need to know where their people are and who their people are. And so it's been a struggle, um, definitely, for, for my teenage son. And uh, I, I do see progression in, you know, just his outlook on things and, and how things are going. But it sucks. It sucks for him. It sucks so much. <laughs> there's, there's really not much else we can say about it, right? Um, so we just try to talk about it in terms of like, just imagine, how will you talk about this five years from now, 10 years from now, imagine the resiliency that you're building for later in life, you're going through something that nobody can ever say that they did at your age, right? We have tried to have conversations like that. There's maybe a little too much screen time in our house. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, but, um, you know, well, we at the same time, minus, it's, it's not like we're living in the middle of the, you know, desert where you can go outside and catch the sun and it's nice balmy weather. It was like minus yeah. 31 here last day. We're going, okay, oh. then. So my kids tried to jump in the hot tub and they were like, oh, my face is completely frozen, mom. And the grandkids came in and they're like completely ice cube blocks. So the screen time, yeah, that happens, I think, also because we just don't have the ability to go outside and and uh, run through the sand or, you know, even down a street when it's this kind of temperature. So we're living in a part of the world where it's a little bit um, different of a challenge for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, but you know what, they've also, they had their communities online. So they've yeah. learned to yesterday, my 11 year old played Dungeons and Dragons over Zoom for yeah. like three hours. So they've, they're figuring it out too. They are. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, resilient. I love that you said that he had the perception to ask you that really deep question, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you stay positive? Like that, that for a child to ask, uh, and again, just this time, I thought that was really insightful to really, you know, dig deep mm -hmm. like that and then see your reaction and how you, you answered it, I think was even, even better. It, it, like it, it, that will stick with me forever that he asked me that question. I just, he took me off guard and then I was like, do I have that? <laughs> Like, but maybe I do. I don't know. It's something he sees anyway. Yeah. Critical skills for surviving through challenges is the mm -hmm. ability to see things as your um, cu cup overflowing. But you said that must be something you developed since your time with the uh, through your colorectal cancer sort of things. You were not like you said, to the, you didn't go through your most bright, shiny moment at that point. So maybe it's something that you picked up out of that journey is to be able to become more tenacious and uh, to show more of a positive side. Would you say that that is part of the outcome of that journey? Yeah, it, most definitely. Um, I, I definitely, it's really, I mean, something that I'm really focusing on now is being able to watch my mind. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes in meditation, people talk about how they can't stop their mind. And it's really not about stopping your mind. It's about learning to watch your mind and then the impact that it's having. And so that's something that um, because it's not about I mean, we have this whole culture, too, of toxic positivity, where it's like you can't be shielded from the things that are actually happening and the things that you have to, to deal with. Um, but it's about understanding just sort of the the pathways that our brain can take us on and how, you know, if we're not careful, we may allow that to take over. Um, 
and and it'll take us in a in a direction that's that's not great. And I think that that's really what happened to me that year during cancer treatment was that I allowed that story to continue to just run through my mind of negativity and I'm not going to make it and you know all the awful things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, it generated this whole feeling of I don't ever want to feel that way again. So if I can be conscious of those things that are happening in my brain and maybe not stop it, but just notice it and then allow it to pass. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, kind of the goal. <laughs> yeah. The observer, the observer, yes. the observer. Nice. <laughs> and I'm saying these things, not as a, an expert on that subject. I'm saying it as a reminder to myself, that right. These are, this is the thing that I'm working on. And this is the thing that I will always be working on because Mm -hmm. I mean, if we mastered it, then I guess we'd find enlightenment and that would be, I don't know, (laughs) that would be the end of it. Or the start of it. (laughs) True. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, I got to say, Janice, you've been just such an inspiration. I I want to just say that thank you so much for sharing your story, because I know people are are struggling right now in this time, even if there's some people listening that are going through it, whether it's an illness right now or an addiction or a job loss or going through what we've talked about, going through that separation and divorce right now just hearing some of the strategies. That's what we want to try and do here. Just keep bringing people to the stage that have overcome things, but not just overcome them. They've like elevated to a whole nother level. When you say alignment, you know, that was one key word you brought up when we were interviewing you before having you on the show. Can you just want to dive into that word? Why alignment? Because I think there's some something really divine about that word and how you put it into context. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really about a feeling like whenever I get this feeling or this sense that what I'm doing doesn't align with my values or it doesn't align with who I am, I feel this huge discord, this disconnect. Mm -hmm. And so over the last few years, I've really tried to start to pay attention to that. And again, it has to do with the story that we tell ourselves in our head about who we are. And, um, so I'll give the example. A few years ago, I, I quit drinking. Uh, two two and a half years ago, I quit drinking, and it wasn't because I was, you know, I had a huge problem. I mean, I I, I do believe that I had a little bit of a problem, um, but it wasn't like the show Intervention, where I'm, you know, coming home every day and falling down on my lawn. But it was, it was enough of a problem that it bothered me. Mm-hmm. And every time that, you know, we would gather and I would, you know, have too much wine or a little bit too much to drink and I get loud and I get, I, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd feel this, this sense of like discord and this almost like shame, but like, where I just didn't feel like this is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. And so how do I change that narrative? How do I, because I'm the only one who can. And so, you know, making the decision as hard as it was to stop drinking um, has, it has changed my life in so many ways. And I think that as I start to, you know, continue to go through that journey, I I continually find these little things where I go, that doesn't feel like me. That's not who I want to be. So what can I do to make that change, to make it feel more like in alignment with who I am? And every time I do that, every time I come through that process, at the end, I go, yes, like, 
yes, <laughs> that was what I was supposed to do. And, and then uh, things come out of the universe that I just like this. <laughs> yeah, like that's so, and so incredibly important right now, this story of the alcohol thing, because so many people are struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. So many people are struggling with alcohol and drug addictions and um, pornography, gambling, that just goes on and on. Even going to the gym too much is an addiction. Anything that's overdone is overdone. And this, and all of that can lead to the destruction of the body and the spirit, that feeling of neglect or regret, and that you haven't, um, that you're not living the way that you want to live your life. So I'm so glad that you shared that because it's, I, I think that's even more important than the cancer. Um, That the alcohol and drug thing right now for a lot of people has been the albatross around their neck. And during 2020, like I've just turned on the news one day and went, what the hell is the anchor of the local news station doing, doing breakfast with alcohol, like learning how to mix drinks and have them for breakfast. And then they're all laughing about it. Like I'm like, what in the hell is good? And this is why I don't watch TV. (laughs) Like what in the hell? That's what the hell exactly. So, um, but thank you for sharing that Janice, because I think it's very relatable. And right now also is an absolute opportune time in the new year. And it still is the new year. There's still lots of contrast that's happening um, planetarily uh, for anyone who watches anything astrological the real stuff that is going on is that we really do have five planets in the same sign we're all feeling a lot of constriction and a lot of pressure there's a lot of anger in the world there's a lot of conflict in the world it's out there and it's in here both so the in here opportunity though is when you actually recognize it it's this very powerful time that you can almost with ease, walk away from all that stuff and just drop it just like that. So it doesn't have to be torture. It doesn't have to be like take forever. You know, you don't have to lay, you know, lay on the floor bleeding going, Oh my God, it's gonna be so hard for me. Literally, you can just go, I think that's enough of that and done just like that. So this is this very cool energetic time uh, too to take advantage of if you've been struggling with any kind of addiction, um, because we're being offered it right now to do that until the springtime. So people got a little bit of time where it's going to be really easy to walk away from that stuff. Yeah. It's not an alignment. It's not, it's not enhancing you. That's Why right. are you doing it? That's so right. There you go. So I think everyone yeah. needed to hear that yeah. from you, Janice, that it's like, go back to your story of survival, perseverance, and just taking off from there, setting the goals of getting that marathon, getting the qualification where you had to do the first one and then the one in Phoenix and then, then actually the Boston and then seeing your business take off from here, like look at all the things that have kind of in alignment now. And that I'm just truly proud of you, Janice. I'm just so happy you could come join us here yes. today on the show. It just more people need to hear some of these messages and what can you do? What should you do? And just, you know, what are the steps? What are some of the strategies here? So, so how do people get a hold of you, Janice, if they want to reach out? Um, oh, like I won't give you my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> social media maybe they need some inspiration on social media you know what um i'm very active on social media my i'm most active on instagram so i have two accounts one is at janice baskin um and the other is at camelot interiors so i'm always you know i answer my dms very regularly on there and i'm i'm on there far too much um i'm also on facebook and linkedin um, but I am a little bit um, choosy about who I let into that circle. Um, I, I uh, typically, it's if I have a connection with somebody, then I will um, 
you know, accept a friend request. So really for people that I don't know, probably Instagram is the best way. Awesome. awesome. So it's with blind enthusiasm that we actually to give give Greg the opportunity to share your the song of the week. <laughs> so special request, yeah, song of the yeah. week. And what what is it? You got to share with with the audience. What is your song of the week? And you got to tell the story. I don't know why this popped into my head, but we were talking the other night, and they said, "What's what's the song?" And I said, "Here I go again by White Snake." <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, some That's classic like, rock." Like, <laughs> and so then funny. you said you jumped in the vehicle the next morning. Yes, and I I haven't heard that song in probably I don't know like who knows how long, and I didn't have any of my music apps open or anything. And I turned on my car and that song was blaring on the radio the next morning. What are the chances of that? Like, well, yeah. talk about Crazy. alignment, blind enthusiasm, call it synchronicity. Yeah. So I look like but, a maniac driving down the road, just <laughs> bursting out laughing. And singing it. And singing. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to sing it with me? Because <laughs> it is a rock band song. My little birds love it when I sing this one. Because oh. I get like the full rock star going on. <laughs> I, did, I did not know this. I'm just going to say that. Go. <laughs> okay. So let's end the show. We're up on the hour. Janice, this is your dedication for today. Here I go again. All right. Thank you. I don't know where I'm going, but I sure know where I've been. Hang on to the promises and songs of yesterday. And I've made up my mind. I ain't wasting no more time. Here I go again. Here I go again. Though I keep searching for an answer, I never seem to find what I'm looking for. Oh Lord, I pray you give me strength to carry on. Cause I know what it means to walk along the lonely street of dreams. Here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known. Like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. And I've made up my mind, I ain't wasting no more time. Just another heart in need of rescue, waiting on love, sweet charity. And I'm gonna hold on for the rest of my days, cause I know what it means to walk along the lonely street of dreams. And it goes on another chorus, cause I know what it means to walk along the lonely street of dreams. Here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known. Like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. And I've made up my mind, I am wasting no more time. Here I go again on my own. So again, it goes on and on. Another little classic rock by White Snake. Love it. Here I go again. Great song. Love it. Good way to take out that the show. That was a very good way to take out the show. Thanks again. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Master Your Life is a presentation of Leah Mattinson Enterprises, Inc. Join us next time on Master Your Life helping you to discover the very best of you.